0: This week, we read Parshas Vayichi, the last Parsha in the Chumash of Bereshis. And therefore, it's called Shabbos Chazak, because as we finish a Chumash, an entire Chumash of the Torah, we call out Chazak, Chazak, Vinis Chazeik. We strengthen ourselves with the strength of the Torah and the part of the Torah that we're completing. This Parsha also ends the lengthy saga of Yaakov and Yosef, Yaakov and his sons, where Yaakov finally has come down to Mitzrayim. He's been reunited with his son Yosef. And Yaakov lives the last years of his life, the last 17 years of his life, in the land of Mitzrayim. Vayichi Yaakov, Yaakov lived there. And as the commentators point out, these were his best years. He finally is reunited with all of his sons, and he sees how all of them are tzaddikim. Even Yosef a even Yosef, who had become the viceroy, the second in command of Egypt, is also a tzaddik, is also a holy person. And to this, this for Yaakov was the greatest source of nachas, of pride, and his life was at his, as, at, his, at his best in these last 17 years of his life. But there is an additional part of the story, perhaps not as famous, and that's the story of the next generation. In other words, Yaakov has his 12 sons, the 12 Shvatim, but then there is the third generation, and in this parsha we zoom in on Yosef's two sons, Ephraim and Menashe. And... Yosef brings his two sons before his father Yaakov and Yaakov says that Ephraim and Manasseh are going to be for me just as Reuven and Shimon and what Yaakov means here is something very powerful that we know we're a nation of 12 tribes typically understood to be the 12 sons of Yaakov and that's true but Yaakov says that the two sons of Yosef can be counted as tribes on their own just like the other just like their uncles or just like Yosef's brothers and in many areas Ephraim and Manasseh are considered independent tribes and this becomes very important later because the tribe of Levi many times is not counted um, because they're the kohanim they're the Levim um, they didn't receive a portion in the land of Eretz Yisrael because they were serving the Jewish people so if you take out Levi you would think you only have 11 but no uh, land of Israel is divided into 12 sections because Ephraim and Manasseh are unique. They're tribes on their own. So the tribe of Yosef really is divided into two, the tribe of Ephraim and the tribe of Manasseh. And that gift was given to Yosef in this week's Parsha. When Yaakov says, Ephraim and Manasseh are mine just like Reuven and Shimon. Those two specific grandsons joined the Shvatim and they become independent Shvatim on their own. So interestingly and beautifully, we have here a story of three generations. We have Yaakov, we have his sons, most prominently Yosef, in our story. And then the next generation, the third generation, Ephraim and Menashe. And as we've discussed so many times, all the stories of the Torah are a lot more than stories. They're messages, and they're telling us how to live, and they're representative of a very great unlimited messages as Ramban pointed out and as we said so many times what's the inner meaning, what's the inner story of the three generations? the father, the son, and the grandsons. Yaakov Yosef and his sons. And perhaps let's understand it with a metaphor. A person uh, plans to do some type of major um, any type of major plan in life whether it's in studies, whether it's a job Whatever it is, a person has a goal, sets goals for a major undertaking. So there is thinking about the goal and understanding the goal and knowing the goal, the purity and the beauty of the goal. Inevitably, when the person sets out to bring the goal to fruition, there's going to be challenges, there's going to be deterrence. So the successful person is not going to let those challenges challenge them. They're not going to let the deterrence deter them. They're going to hold strong, they're going to hold true to their goal until they carry it out to its successful fruition. So one might think that the greatest measure of success is when one was able to withstand all the challenges and withstand all the deterrence, not let them sway the person from the person's path. Says the Rebbe, true but not true. There's something greater. The greater level... Is not when the person doesn't let the challenges and deterrence deter them, but rather when the person is able to use those challenges and deterrence as boosters, as steps to greater success. Not merely holding on to the initial goal and keeping straight, not being not letting themselves be, you know, be taken off the path, but rather to use the deterrence, turn them around and make those deterrence stepping stones to much greater success using the deterrence to get there and that's the ultimate level of success three important steps the initial plan holding on to the initial plan and not letting anything move one away from that plan but finally using the deterrence in bringing greater success that's really the story of every neshama, every soul coming down into this world the nesham of the soul, on high, is basking in the radiance of Hashem. Everything is clear, everything is holy, everything is, is, is obvious, the holiness and the purity of Hashem, His Torah and His mitzvahs. Everything is clear, that's where the plan is perfect. The soul comes down into this world, enclosed in a body, suddenly surrounded by a world that in many ways is challenging the purity of the soul, the holiness of the soul, the relationship to Hashem, So many challenges, so many tests, so many deterrents. And therefore, the first order of the day is, remember where you came from, and hold on tight, and don't let the challenges challenge, and don't let them take me away from the path that I know is the right path. And that's the first step, important step, imperative step to success of the soul. But ultimately, there's a deeper goal, a deeper mission. Because all of those challenges and deterrents were created by Hashem Himself. And they ultimately all can be used to become stepping stones to serve Hashem even better. And to bring a greater and deeper and holier appreciation in our relationship to Hashem and Hashem's relationship to every aspect of this world. And that's the ultimate goal. And these are the three steps, again, of any venture, but the venture of the neshama in this world. The plan, the goal... Holding, holding course, staying in the course that is, and not being deterred, and then turning the deterrence around and using them, and that's really the story of Yaakov, Yosef, and his sons. Yaakov was holiness. Yaakov was one of our forefathers. Yaakov, kabbalistically, was what, was what we call an neshama vatsilus, an ishama, a neshama soul from the highest forms of holy creation. Yaakov lived the vast majority of his life in the land of Israel, the holiest of places, over a hundred years of his life. He lived there, basking in the holiness of Eretz Yisrael. That's Yaakov. Yaakov represents the neshama, the soul, in heaven, where everything is clear, everything is beautiful, and everything is holy. Yosef HaTzadik only lived in Israel by his father for the first 17 years of his life. The rest of his life he was sent down to Egypt. He was in Captivity. He was in slavery. He was in prison. He was a king. He was fully invested in Egypt, his entire life, but he never ever forgot those first seventeen years. His entire life was built on what he learned those first seventeen years from his father, and nothing that happened ever took him away, ever made him veer off the path that he received in those seventeen years in his father's house of holiness in Eretz Yisro. It's brought that even when he was faced with sin, Joseph remembered. He saw the vision of his father, he saw the vision, he remembered those 17 years, and he held on tight, didn't sin, didn't veer off from the way. But then comes the third generation. They have nothing to remember. They were born in Egypt. They're not living a life remembering the years of holiness. They're made in Egypt. And being made in Egypt children, they also were tzaddikim. They also held on strong to the ways of Yaakov, to the ways of Yosef, to the ways of Torah, to the ways of Hashem. They represent where the obstacle itself, the Egypt itself, because, becomes something that creates tzaddikim, a whole new level onto itself. Fascinating. These two sons are Ephraim and Manasseh. And Yaakov says, which one is first, which one is greatest for Yaakov is Ephraim. What does the name Ephraim mean? It says the Torah. Ephraim means... As Yosef says Hifrani on ye. Hashem multiplied me in my home in, my, in the land of my affliction so that my afflictions the land of affliction Egypt an immoral a decadent place became not only a deterrent to be ignored but I was multiplied from the place of affliction I used those obstacles and became greater that's what Ephraim and in a bigger picture Ephraim and Manasseh represent that's what the grandchildren represent and that's what Yaakov Avinu says when he says, Ephraim and Menashe are precious to me, like the Shvatim. They're not my sons, they're my grandsons. But they bring something new to the table, something great to the table. They bring to the table the ultimate goal, the ultimate purpose. Not the one who's connected only because they're holding on tight and remembering and not letting themselves be veered off the path. But the one who uses every Deterrent, and turns that into something that brings them to a greater and holier place. And that's how the Chumash finishes. The Chumash finishes, we're in the land of Egypt. As Barathees finishes, the the, uh, core of what's going to be the Jewish nation finds themselves in Egypt, finds themselves in exile. And the message being that exiles and Egypts and difficulties and tribulations and tests are ultimately not only something that we have to go through in order to learn how to ignore it, but something that we have to go through in order because that creates us, shapes us, and brings us to the ultimate place where we have to be. May Hashem help that after this long exile that we've been in and we're waiting imminently for the coming of Mashiach, by now we've used and we've, and we've, we've been through every different type of aspect of the deterrence of this exile. By now we're ready to turn it all around and see the revelation of Hashem and everything with the coming of Mashiach. May it be today.